Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. He alone is worthy. Good evening. Welcome to our Wednesday evening Bible study. Welcome everyone tonight that is here in the house of God, our online congregation. We welcome you tonight. Amen. A beautiful scripture, I think, in 1 John 4, verse 19 said, We love him because he first loved me. And on this special night, Valentine's night, I want to say happy Valentine's to everyone. Amen. May the God, good Lord, continue to bless and keep us as we continue to fall in love with Him over and over and over again. Amen. No greater person to fall in love with on a special night like Valentine's night, like but the man Jesus Christ who died for us. So we welcome everyone. Thank you for being here tonight. Amen. Everybody looking beautiful. Amen. The house of God. Amen. Everyone looking beautiful. Listen, in Christ Center Church, we have nothing but love for everyone. We're love for soul. We're love for each other. And that's what's going to help us to make it to the heaven. Amen. I can't come to you and say I love you and don't treat you like I love you. If I said I love you, I'm going to show love to you. So we love you because he first loved us. And we have no other choice than to love everyone. Amen. So I'm going to invite you all to stand with us as we pray tonight and ask the Lord to have his way in our Bible study tonight. That his anointing will be upon the man of God as he come forth this evening to minister to us. God will use him like never before and that he will bless every aspect of the service. If there's someone with a prayer request tonight, you want us to pray with you. Amen. There's a few hands going up. Amen. Amen. Look around. See all the hands are going up. Let's pray for each other tonight as we pray that the Lord will touch us and have his way in our midst tonight, in our bodies. Amen. Before I get into a prayer tonight, I just want to share one little thought here. Uh, I think it was Monday evening. I came home from work. I don't know what happened. And um, I came home from work. And for some reason, I just didn't have no strength in my left foot. I couldn't. I came out of the truck, I pulled up in the driveway, came out of the truck, and I started to drag myself in. Uh, my mother-in-law was inside the kitchen, and she um, said, are you okay? I said, nope. And for some reason, I crawled myself up upstairs, you know, got my clothes off and everything. And I don't know what happened. Um, but if you had seen me a few days You'd say, oh, my God, something's wrong with Brother Scarlett. But, you know, something, when we learn to trust the God that we serve, regardless of what goes on in our body, um, we can bring all our burdens, all our cares. We can bring everything to him because he cares for us. And I'm so glad that I have a Savior who is Jesus Christ who died for us. He know what we go through. He know what our body can take and what our body cannot take. And um, I'm so grateful that, you know, God is good all the time. And all the time is good. And I'm going to continue to worship him. Even if I have to drag myself in church. And you see me dragging. You're not going to hold me down from coming and praising God. That's the kind of God that I fall in love with. Amen. Let's just go to the Lord and pray tonight as we pray and ask the Lord to have his way. Father God, we love you. 
We love you, Jesus, because you first love us, oh God. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor, Lord God. You're great and you're greatly to be praised. We thank you, Lord God, for die for us, Lord God. You came so that we can have life and have it more abundantly, Lord God. We come into your presence tonight, Lord God, and we say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for saving our soul, O oh God. Thank you for cleansing and make us soul, O oh God. Thank you for health and strength, Lord God. Thank you for your mercies. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for keeping us, O oh God. Thank you for providing for us. Thank you for opening up doors like never before, O oh God. As we give you glory and as we give you honor, Lord God, you are great. Father God, we come in your presence tonight and we ask you to forgive us for every sins, O oh God. We ask you to Cleanse us from all unrighteousness, all filthiness. Purge us, wash us, and help us to be whiter than snow. Create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us. Cast us not away from thy presence. And take not thy only spirit from us, Lord God. If there is ever a time we need you, Father God, we surely need you now. Lord God, now is the acceptable time. Now is when our salvation is nearer than when we first believe. Now is when we need to give our life more to you, Lord God. Father God, we love you tonight. We thank you for being so good to us, Lord God. We thank you for keeping us, Lord God. We thank you for making ways when there seems to be no way. For opening up doors, oh God, that no man can shut, Lord God. And we ask you, Lord God, that you will help us, Lord God, to draw nigh unto thee, Lord God. Oh God, as we present our bodies to you tonight as a living sacrifice, holy and accepted unto you, which is our reasonable service. Help us not to get conformed to this world, but help us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind that will prove what is a good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Whatever you will is for our life, oh God. Let it be done in the name of Jesus. Father God, as we touch and agree for every person that raised their hands tonight, Lord God, whatever the needs are tonight, oh God, if it's spiritual, physical, emotional, or financial, Lord God, we are serving a God that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which we ask or thanks. Oh God, you say we should cast all our cares upon you because you care for us, oh God. Father God, you came so that we can have life and have it more abundantly, Lord God. Oh God, for you say we're sin abound, grace did much more abound. And Father God, we ask you to move upon us like never before. Help us, Lord God, to continue to fall in love with you over and over and over again, oh God. We give you all the glory, Lord. We give you all the honor, for you are great and greatly to be praised. Father God, you do miracles so great. Lord God, there is none like you. There is none to compare. You are the one that we adore. And we ask you, Lord God, to have your way in our midst tonight, Lord God. We pray anointing upon the men of God tonight, oh God, that you will bless him, oh God, that you will touch his body, You'll use might never before. Let your will be done, O oh God. It's not by might nor by power. It's not our will, but thy will be done. We come with the service in the hand, Lord God. Bless every aspect of the service. We give you all the glory. Father God, we give you all the honor. We worship you tonight, Lord God. As we say thanks, in the name of Jesus we pray. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just give the Lord a round of applause tonight. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's just worship the Lord tonight with us in Jesus' name.
Hallelujah. Let us continue to worship the Lord. Worship the Lord with us as we sing tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
some praise. Hallelujah. If the Lord is great, let him know you really believe he's great. Oh God, we know you're great, Lord. We worship you, Lord, because you're so great. You're so great, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Great is our God and greatly to be praised. Welcome to our Wednesday night Bible study. We completed our series on growth. Amen. Growth matters. And so we went through five weeks of growth matters. And so tonight, while our entire world is focused on love, I'm going to talk about a little bit of love. Amen. We'll talk about some love tonight since everybody is, you know, all, you know, the jewelry stores telling you about love. The restaurants are telling you about love. Amen. People are talking about love. And um, I don't know how much we know about love. And so I am going to talk to you a little bit tonight about love. Amen. Hallelujah. I know that um, I will give um, some of the men a little nugget. Um, if you are married, amen, and I made sure I clarify, married, if you are engaged, you need a chaperone for what I'm getting ready to tell you to do, but if you're married, um, it's not good to go to a restaurant tonight. Now, you're talking, you're talking to a restaurant connoisseur. I can tell you about restaurant more than you will ever know. That's my thing. So, along with Jesus, the Word of God, knowing about restaurants, you can't tell me too much about restaurants. If I didn't get saved, I think I would have owned a restaurant. That's how much I'm a restaurant connoisseur. But a night like tonight, you don't want to go to the restaurant. Not a good thing. They charge you more money than they normally do, and they kind of try to speed you up to, 
you know, do what they want you to do so you didn't get out. We call today and Mother's Day the day when we turn and burn. That's what we call it in the restaurant business. We turn and burn. You know what that means? We're trying to get you out as quickly as possible so we can sit at another table. Because the more tables we have throughout the night, the more money we make. So when all y'all coming in here talking about y'all celebrating love in the restaurant, all we see is how quickly we can get them out. Back in the day when I was, the, you know, just the man waiting tables, I used to talk to the, 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 the chefs and give them the wink. says, when you see my ticket come in, just get it in. Get it out. Right? And so we would turn and burn, get y'all out of there, take y'all money because y'all was paying big money for everything. Everything was hiked up. We serve a lot of Chateaubriands. I don't know if you all know about it. It's okay. Um, puff pastries, right? So we'll put filet mignon and, and puff pastry, and um, it will be for two as opposed to, you know, any other. So now we got you going. We're telling you $95, you know, just for the, the meal, but it shares for two. And so here you go, and then we tell you, you know, wine come with it, and before you know it, your bill is a couple hundred. And you say, yeah, because I'm celebrating, so I'll pay it. But, you know, $200, you got to leave me a, 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 a somewhere between a $36 to $40 tip. That's what you're supposed to leave. Um, so, so tonight is a money-making night. So you don't want to go out on these nights. So, men, if you want to impress your wife, cook for her. Candlelight dinner at home. That's how you get it done. And if for you all that can't cook, they have all these places now that you can order stuff. So it's real easy now. I mean, when I cook for my wife, I'm doing it just on the strength of just what I can do. But now you can order from these people. Is All you got to do is slip it in the oven and warm it up and you look like a king. Like, look what I cook for you, honey. But if you've never cooked for your wife, you need to cook for her sometimes, brothers. Cook for her. Nice meal. I mean, restaurant meal. Young ladies, stick with me. I'll make sure you get a good dude. I'll make sure he's going to take care of y'all. Stick with me. Trust me. If he can't cook for you sometime, don't mess with that younger. He don't really care. Nice candlelight and he cooking. I mean, appetizers. You know, the whole shebang. Not just some old, you know, fried chicken and stuff like that. We're talking about romantic food. Hallelujah. So, if you missed it this year, hopefully you'll catch it next year. But let me just throw this little nitpick, little nit tidbit. What y'all got for me there? Tidbit. Little tidbit other than to add to what I'm saying. Anyway, my wife did something very sweet for me because... She knows the little things about me, right? So she did something very sweet, and so I appreciate it. And so I, I was smiling all day because she just did something nice and sweet. But you know what she knows? I didn't do anything out of the ordinary for her today. Um, I made sure my daughter had flowers, and so I gave my daughter some flowers because I want to make sure that joker that's coming her way, he's going to work hard, hard. He won't be able to impress her so easy. She gonna, my daddy gave me flowers. What are you talking about? My daddy took me to Paris. My daddy did this. So what you coming up with, dude? So he's going to have a hard time. But anyway, so I smiled because I don't reserve my love for my wife for no special day. That's all I'm saying, 
right? And so while our world is celebrating this special day of love, if you're a good husband, you're supposed to be treating that woman good all the time. All the time. And my wife knows she gets treated good all the time. And if she say anything any different, she lying. I don't think she's going to lie, but if she say anything any different, she's lying. Because she worked just like me, and it seemed like she don't spend no money, Cal. I don't even understand that. I understand that she wasn't working, but she worked like me, and she don't spend any money. Some days I got to look back and says, only my money gets spent. But that's my wife. I don't have no problem. My mindset as a real man is I'm going to take care of my family, and I don't care. If she ever give anything, it doesn't matter to me. I'm, I was put here to take care of the family that, I, that God gave me. So it, it, I don't, it doesn't challenge me in any way. I'm going to do what a man is supposed to do, and that's take care of his family. She want to work? Great. She don't want to work? Great. Doesn't matter to me. So she's going to be fine. But she did something very sweet for me today, and I really appreciate it. But don't wait just till you know certain day to um, do nice things for your spouse. Love your spouse every day. Don't let the world dictate any specific day for you to show your love to the one that you love or the ones that you love. Amen. Don't forget our youth service this Saturday at 6 p.m. It's 5. All right, 5 p.m. This Saturday, uh, invite friends, neighbors, coworkers, classmates, schoolmates. Tell them to come. We're going to have a good time. It's for the young people, so it's... It's going to be pretty hip, so to speak. And so come out and be with us. Um, I'll be hipping it up with the young people, and uh, we'll have a good time. Amen? John chapter 3, mm-hmm. verse number 16. I'm talking about love tonight, but not the love that this world talk about. I'm talking about the love that... The one that is love shared with us. Amen. That's what I'm talking about tonight. John chapter 3, verse number 16. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus, we thank you for your word, for the reading of your word. Allow us to see it in a deeper way. Allow us to receive revelation and understanding of your word. Help us to not just be hearers of your word, but to also be doers of your word. Lord, will you give us wisdom tonight that as we hear and receive the word of God, we will have the wisdom how to apply and live out the word. I pray that you touch the hearts of every person here that we will receive the engrafted word with joy and with gladness. Allow me to be your oracle that is inspired by your spirit to speak your word with clarity and with love tonight. We thank you for everything that you are doing in our hearts, in our minds, in our church. And we give you the praise and all of the honor in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. You may be seated. I'm going to just entitle what I'm talking to you about, this love thing tonight. We're going to entitle it, Loving the Way Jesus Love. Loving the Way Jesus Love. 
I want you to hear me tonight because I'm going to give you some stuff that I think that is very significant. It's important that you understand uh, because, you know, as I said, you know, many people right now, especially our young people um, that are not yet married, I need for you to know what love is so you don't allow anybody to just say those words to you and you're looking at what they're doing and you're like, please, you can say whatever you want, but I'm looking at what you're doing and you don't love me. I'm probably sure some more than young people want to know that too. That, you know, when people tell you they love you, they, 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 it's just not words. You know, love is not just words. All right. So we, we, we want to look into the word of God tonight and see what this love thing is all about. And once we get to understand what love is, then we can know how to apply love. Somebody say amen. And so in John 3:16 Jesus said as we just read for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. It is only one sentence John 3 and 16 one sentence, right? And that sentence contains only 25 words. Yet that one sentence is packed with so much truth that we literally will not have time to fully unpack its contents this evening. From this verse, we can find at least seven truths about the love of God. Let me just give you a few of those. The love of God is unconditional. Tell your neighbor the love of God is unconditional. That sounds like it sounds simple, and we probably know that, but, but if we want to be honest, people that say that they love us, if you think about it, they treat us like the love they have for us is conditional. You're quiet. There's a lot of people that tells us they love us, but if you pay close enough attention, you will see that the love that they are telling us that they have for us, it is conditional. Well, God's love for us is unconditional. For God so loved the world, the Greek word for world, cosmos, is defined as the ungodly multitude. The whole mass of mankind alienated from God and therefore hostile to the cause of Christ. It's not talking about the trees and the seas and, and, and the clouds. It's not talking about that world. It's talking about people, okay? And it's talking about all people, right? This is the world that God loved. It doesn't say that God loved all the good people, <laughs> or that God loved all the Jews, or that God loved all the saints. It says, for God so loved the world. So God's love clearly isn't based on our spiritual condition. So if you're here tonight and the person next to you or behind you or in front of you is more spiritual than you in your estimation, God don't love that person any more than he loves you. This is good. So God's love clearly isn't based on spiritual condition or moral predisposition. So if I'm just the worst person morally, 
God doesn't love me any less than he loves you that are so spiritual. Our moral disposition don't make God says, I don't love you. God loves everybody without conditions. It isn't based on our behavior or attitude toward God. Rather, we see here that God's love for mankind is universal and unconditional. He loves everyone. Y'all don't believe it. Here is one of many things that is unique about Christianity. Christianity uniquely claims God's love comes comes uh, free of charge, no strings attached. No other religion can make that claim. Mm-hmm. Only Christianity dares to proclaim God's love is unconditional. If you really think about it, any place you go, anybody you talk to that talks about love, whether they want to admit it or not, whatever love that they declare, declare that they have, it's usually conditional. If you don't do what I tell you, I'm cutting you off. If you don't do what I tell you, I'm doing this. If you don't, and so we don't realize that a lot of our, what we claim to be people that says we love each other, we are not loving like God said to love because our love is usually conditional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. An unconditional love that we call grace Grace is all about God and God freely given to us the gift of forgiveness, mercy, and love. So God's love for us is unconditional. There is nothing we can do to make God love us more. There is nothing we can do to make God love us less. So whether you received the Holy Ghost or, or you went door knocking, passing out tracts, whether you went to feed the homeless, whether you went to the hospital to visit someone in the name of the Lord, or you are just living your life recklessly, God loves that person that's doing right and the one that's not doing right just the same. <laughs> it's, church don't want to hear that. Church folks don't want to hear that. You know why? Because we want to feel like if we're doing right, we have God loves us more. That's not Christianity. All of us in this place tonight are loved by God just the same. No more and no less. <laughs> Hallelujah. But this doesn't mean that a person can continue in sin and please God. I know y'all wanted me to get to that part, but I got to still make it all clear and take my time and work it through so everybody understands. Right. So so because God loves us all unconditionally, it doesn't mean that a person can continue in sin and please God. God loving us has nothing to do with whether or not we are pleasing him. Now, that's I love that. I love that because God is going to love us all just the same, whether we're pleasing him or not. However, he can say, you're not pleasing me, but I still love you. We just learned something there. So if we're claiming that we love somebody, we're supposed to love them whether they're pleasing us or not. 
You can't cut somebody off and claim you love them. (laughs) I thought it was the love day. The love of God is sacrificial. Mm -hmm. Love is sacrificial. He gave himself, laid down his life for us. So it's clear that God's love is a sacrificial love. Again, we're supposed to be loving the way he loves. So if we're looking at this correctly, if God's love is sacrificial, then what should our love be? Sacrificial. So if we are loving and we're drawing lines in the sand to say, I am not going any further than this, then you're not loving like God loves. Because God didn't draw a line in the sand to say, this is the furthest I'm going. God went above and beyond and beneath everything to show how much he loves us. So if someone tell you they love you and they have a limit as to what they will do for you, then you know they don't love you according to what God says. In John chapter 15 verse 13, the Bible says, Greater love had no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. So God is saying, there is no greater love, of, there is no greater demonstration of love than for us to lay down our life for someone, for our friends, for, for the people that we say we love. There is no greater demonstration of that than when we lay down our life. If there is no, if there is one truth more than any other, it is this, that everyone would sincerely believe and accept that God loves us. If, if above everything I've ever preached, above anything you have ever read, anything you've ever heard in the word of God, the, if you can ever grasp and believe and hold on to what I'm telling you tonight, how much God loves you, it will change your life. I, just because of the conditions that we live in, just because of the experiences that we have with each other, we can't fathom the love of God. And God wants us to understand, embrace, and receive the love that he has for us. Because if we understand that, it's going to change our outlook. It's going to change the way we live, change the way we walk, change the way we talk. It's not salvation that will first do that. It's about The love of God. Because when you come to the understanding of realizing how much God loves you, it will change your life in what you begin to do in response. We do a lot of stuff in church because we're, we don't say it, but we do a lot of things in church because we think we're working our way to heaven. We can't work our way to heaven. We can love our way to heaven, but we can't work our way to heaven because there's a scripture in the Bible that that some prophets or men of God went to Jesus and said, Lord, Lord, haven't we prophesied thy name? Lord, Lord, didn't we cast out demons in your name? And he said to them, depart from me. I never knew you. There are people that God has said, you praise me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. So there are people that are doing works that they think uh, will impress God enough to get them in heaven but that ain't impressing God because God knows what love is 
is. And love is what's going to please God, not the things that we do. If the, we, the things that we do need to come from a place of love and not from a place of obligation or duty so we can make it to heaven. And while you can fool some of us about the love of God, you cannot fool God about the love of God. So we have to wake up as saints of God and realize the works that we do, is it coming from a place of love or is it coming from a place of duty? Mm. He loves us without exception. God loves all races, creed, nationality, indiscriminately, and yet he loves each individual distinctively. So God is so good at this that all of us in the world, when we begin to think about or pay attention to God's love for us, we feel like we're the only one that God loves as much as he does. I always smile at that because all of you feel special when you have experienced that, the love of God. You're like, man, God, you love me so, don't you? Yes, he does. But he is just that good where he can make every individual feel like they're the special one. Woo. That's the kind of God we serve. When that wonderful truth of God loving us grips our mind. And we gratefully respond to it. Our whole life and our entire outlook on life will dramatically be transformed. What I'm telling you tonight that God loves us without conditions. If we ever embrace that, man, we will, we will live a, 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 this is what God is talking about. That when you're in Christ, you are free. Liberty is what you experience in Christ. And the only way we're going to experience that liberty is when we realize how much he loves us. Because the devil is working overtime to convict you every time, well, not convict you, to condemn you. Every time you do something wrong, the devil wants you to think that God don't love you as much as he loves somebody else. And we buy it hook, line, and sinker, and now we start to get depressed, and now we start to feel bad. We start walking around with our heads hanging because we just did something wrong, and the devil is right upon you telling you, mm-hmm, and God don't like that, and he don't love you. And we walk around with our heads down for weeks sometimes, for months sometimes, for years sometimes, because we won't believe God's unconditional love for us. You don't earn God's love. God loves you unconditionally just because. But it's hard for us to understand that because nobody else loves us like that. I get it. I get it. Nobody else loves us like that. When that wonderful truth grips us of how much God loves us, man, it's going to change us. Jesus Christ demonstrated the peak expression of his love. The cross and his shed blood is the intense focal point of his love for us, the demonstration. The glorious fact of whosoever will may come is the generous outflowing of God's love. There is not one person in this world that God doesn't love. I am talking about Calvary's love. It is bigger than our biggest sin. 
Calvary's love is bigger than our biggest sin. The biggest sin you will ever commit in life, the worst thing that you will ever do in life, Calvary is bigger and stronger than any sin you can ever commit. So anytime you mess up real bad, I want you to think about Calvary and says, I don't care how bad I feel, how terrible I just, I've just done. I know Calvary showed me, demonstrated a love for me that is greater and powerful, more powerful than any sin I can ever commit. Calvary. Calvary, it forgives transgression that are too numerous to count. It gives release from the heaviest burden of guilt. And that's what I'm talking about. When we understand the unconditional, sacrificial love of God, every time we mess up, we will realize this burden will not stay on me of what I've done. I'm going to ask for God's forgiveness, and I'm going to march on and move forward because God didn't tell me to walk around with this burden. He says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And so if I'm carrying around anything heavy, it means I'm not supposed to carry it. I need to give it to him Because his burden is easy. Calvary's love sought us. Calvary's blood bought us. It was there on Calvary's hill of sorrow that sins demand were paid. It was there on the cross of Christ the rays of hope of tomorrow was laid. I don't know any better news to tell you tonight than that God loves you. The idea of God who gave all without conditions and loves us all equally just as we are is incredible, but it's true. (laughs) Romans, this is the word of God. Romans chapter 5, verse number 6 through 8, sums it up this way. Watch this. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet per adventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. You can be good and nobody going to lay down their life for you. But God commanded his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, he died. You know what it meant? What that means? While we were disobedient, while we were rejecting his word, while we were talking about the church, while we just spoke evil about Christ, he died anyway because he loved us even in that state. Man, that's heavy stuff. How much you think God loves you? Paul said he wanted to know the love of Christ which passeth all knowledge. What a paradox. It seems illogical. 
But the love of God is so designed that we might be always learning and continually grasping after it that which shall never be completely known. The way how God loves us, no matter how much we try to search it out, seek it out, try to learn it and know about it, we will never really completely understand God's love. That's how great God's love is. We can never really know it completely. This means trying to know unknowable, trying to know the unknowable, comprehend the incomprehensible, explore the unexplorable, and define the indefinable. God's love is so great, we can't define it completely, we can't comprehend it completely, and we can't know it completely. That's how deep and heavy and wide and high and broad the love of God really is. In 2 Corinthians 8 9, the word of God says, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, man, this is a heavy one, though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. For you, watch it, it's not over, that ye through his poverty might be rich. That's what God is doing for us. He, he realized in order to make us get into a better position, a better place, to experience that life of liberty, to fulfill our whole purpose, he says, I have to become like them. I have to just, just put aside all of my riches and all of my comfort and all of my splendor so I can help them to be rich in faith and rich in love. And so he did that so we can have love. He came to where we were in order to bring us to where he is. (laughs) He gave up rest for no place to lay his head. So he was quite content where he was when he went to heaven after, uh, uh, right before the day of Pentecost, when he went to heaven, guess what? He sat on his throne and he didn't have to come back here because the work that he did here was complete. The work was finished that he did in person here on earth. But guess what? He still made sure we received what we needed. He still sent his spirit back for us. He still showed us the love and all of his action while he's here, while he was here, we can see what he had done for us. He came to where we were in order to bring us to where he is. How awesome is that? He was, he was adored and reverenced in heaven. But he came here to be despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And we hid as if we, our faces We hid our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not, but he just kept loving us in spite of how we treated him. We today, if we do it in our own way of understanding, our own way of thinking, our own feelings, calling it love, as soon as somebody mistreat us, guess what? I'm not messing with them like that. Can you imagine if God did that to us? I'm not messing with y'all. Can you imagine if every one of us, every time we did something that was just really terrible to God, he's just like, I'm not messing with y'all like that. I'm done. 
He loved us enough to be wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, chastised and whipped for our peace, and to pay the price for our healing. The love of God cannot be extinguished. So the love of God is unconditional. The love of God is sacrificial. And the love of God cannot be extinguished. God's love is unending. It's, it's undiminished, forever eternal. His love is a book that will never be completed. <laughs> Loving the way Jesus loved is the only way we are going to make a difference in our world. I'm telling you all about the love of God so we can understand it and we can begin to, to, to adopt these ways of living because it's the only way we're going to make a difference in this world. And just like he made a difference, he wants us to make a difference in this world. And the way we're going to do it is by loving the way he loved and not the way we want to. Loving the way Jesus loved is the only way we're going to make a difference in our city, in our church, in our ministry, in our lives, and in our world. The only way we will make a difference in this hurting, bruised, bleeding, broken, diseased, confused, prodigal world is loving the way Jesus loved. Love so amazing and so divine demands my all. And that's what love is that we are challenged with. God gave us all because he loved us. Now, if we say we love who we say we love, the question is, are we giving our all? I told you, if we get this and really have have it, we will realize I am supposed to, by just loving, understanding love of how God has loved me, I'm supposed to do what I hear from the word of God out of love. That's how we're supposed to live as Christians, out of love. But we look at Christianity as some law, as some, some, some hard thing we are supposed to do. When God made it so, we will understand Christianity is about God loving us and us loving him. I wish we would go into a husband or wife home that's been married 60 and 70 years and they treat each other good and you see her sacrificing to make sure he's good and he sacrificed to make her good and we call that legalism. Go call that legalism because that's what God expects of us. He sacrificed everything for us. And we, every time you hear something hard, dress right. Don't look like the world. Treat yourself right. Do this and do Oh, that's legalism. All that ain't necessary. That's what we're doing. We're fussing about how we need to present ourselves. I am sure, and we have scripture for that. When Jesus came on the scene, the way how you look, a wine bibber. Just like John the Baptist, people will always have something to talk about about you when they're not like you. But if we're going to love them, if we're going to win them to the Lord, we're going to have to just suck it up for a little while until they see the real love. And that's what's going to bring them over. But we're so afraid to look different from the world. We're so afraid to live the way God wants us to live that we don't, we don't have no influence. We don't have no staying power to make people look and say, nah, real deal, real deal. I'm going to get my life right because they're the real deal. As soon as somebody talk about us, 
We start wanting to change how we look. As soon as somebody talk about us, we start wanting to do something different. Why? Because we're afraid to be talked about. They talked about Jesus. And if we're going to love like Jesus loved, we're going to have to get some thicker skin knowing that we're doing this because we love him. Because he loved us first. John chapter 3, verse number 34 says, Jesus said, a new commandment that I give unto you, that you love one another just like I have loved you. And by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if you love one another as I have loved you. Mm-hmm. Are we loving like Jesus loving? Are we loving like Jesus said? Or every little situation, we get all worked up. <laughs> In 1 John chapter 4, verse number 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not, for God is love. So this is really good about what I'm talking about tonight. Let's go back to this where it says, uh, beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Watch this. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. We saw that before, and we just got a little glad. Well, I love people. If we're loving the way Jesus loved, then this is legit. But if we're not loving the way he's loving, this is why so many people are reading the scripture and just run with certain things and never really truly getting it because they are running with it from a different perspective than what God wants us to have. If the perspective is love, then we will understand the word of God differently. So if we're loving the way God said, there's only, that's the only love that should exist. So the bottom line is, if we love as God loved, then we know God. But if we're loving according to our experiences, what we have heard, what we hear people talk about, if we're loving like that, then we're going to take that scripture and say, well, mm, I know God. No, not really, because we have to love him the way he says. We have to love the way he says, and then we can say we love God. God is love. Hearing is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. We could not know love if God didn't extend himself to us. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. We have a responsibility to love. There's a scripture, I can't uh, think of where it comes from right now, but the scripture says, Owe no man nothing except love. Man, that's heavy. All right, we move on. I'm closing up not long from now. You, you can probably do something nice when you leave here. Matthew 5 and 44 says, But I say unto you, love your enemies. <laughs> Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Oh, I'm not living for God on that. That's crazy, God. Nah, God. That's, that's what I told y'all man wrote the Bible. That's how our minds start working. The devil start telling us that when we read stuff like this, because we tell ourselves that's impossible. 
that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. So when we love our enemies, when we bless them that curse us, when we do good to them that hate us, and when we pray for them which despitefully use us and persecute us, when we do that, it says that we may be the children of our Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. We are loving only who we think deserved to be loved. And God says, I reign on the just and the unjust alike. I didn't choose to love the good people and not love the bad people. I didn't choose to love the saints of God, but not the worldly people. I didn't choose to love the Jews, but not the church. I love all people just the same, unconditional and sacrificial. I love all people just the same. And that's why he can say, I let my rain. Can you imagine? There are farmers out there that's probably evil because there's evil people all over. And they're evil. And then there's farmers out there that's good. What was God going to do? Stop the rain from coming because the, the evil farmers he don't like? No. The rain coming because God's got good people in the earth. Ah, It's the same thing. People don't want to hear this, but this is the what they like to say, this is facts. It's truth and it's facts. This world are being spared things that can overtake it. And only reason why it's being spared is because the church is still here. People don't want to hear that. God's people are still in the earth and he will not allow this earth to get but so much destroyed. And so what I talked about on Sunday, he will make sure he holds back certain things until he takes his church out of here. So because his church is still here, there are certain things that cannot happen in this world. That would happen if the church wasn't here. Mm. When the church gets raptured out of here, the things that's going to happen in this earth is going to blow your mind. You wouldn't be able to comprehend it. We better not get left behind because the things that will happen in this world, it will not be pretty. But God has just held his hand because his people are here. There's a scripture that he talked about in Matthew, and I think it's the same Matthew 13, where it's saying that the the wheat and tare must grow together. Uh Uh-huh. And so it's clear that God will allow some things for a while because, guess what? He is a God of grace. And he's giving everybody an opportunity to get it right because he loves everybody. Some of us are saying, God, won't you come right now? Well, you're being selfish. God hasn't come yet because he loves everybody. And he's given everybody an opportunity to get right. Verse 45 says, that you may be the children of your father which is in heaven, for he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For if we love, watch this, for if we love them which love you or love us, what reward do we have? God is telling us, don't come acting like you you doing right because you love somebody that you want to love. <laughs> He says, what good is that? Do you even, he says, do not even the publicans do the same. 
that they love people they want to love, people that's easy to get along with. And if you salute your brethren only, I praise the Lord, sister, if you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than the others? Do ye not even the publicans? So what it's saying is people that's cool with one another. Here we go. Let me make it practical for you. So when you walk into a place, if you don't see somebody you know, uh, you just stand offish. But, but, but if you see somebody you know, you're going to walk over, hey, what's going on? And you're kicking it. That's not what God wants us to do as children of God. When we walk in a room, it doesn't matter if we know or we don't know. We walk in with a smile and says, hey, how are you? My name is Wayne. Hey, how are you? How's your day going? We're supposed to talk to everybody, not just the people we know, but if that's if we're loving the way Jesus loved. If we want to love the way we want to love, then we stand offish. Then we over to the corner and only talking to the people that we like and God says that ain't how his children supposed to behave mm-hmm. loving in the way Jesus love is the only way we're going to make a difference in our church and in this world uh, what time is it okay I've got about 10 minutes you can help make a difference in this church If you will love one another with the love of God that he shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. Love forgets a person's past sins and failures and consider them to be under the blood. (laughs) Love forgets a person's past sin and failures and consider them to be under the blood. You've heard me said this before, and I'll say it tonight again. When we see each other, we need to see potential and not see anything else. I don't care what you did last night. I don't care what you did last week. I don't care what you did this morning. When I see you, I see potential. I see God's plan coming to pass in your life. I see you doing great things for God. I can't see nothing else because that's how I'm supposed to see you. That's how we're supposed to see each other. Greatness. 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 When we look at each other, greatness. Man, God's going to do some great things in your life. When the preacher talks like that, y'all think the preacher's just saying it. No, 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 no. The preacher understands the potential that God has in your life. And so the preacher is just speaking that thing into existence so you can believe it. So you can understand it. Isaiah, greatness is in your life. God's going to do great things in your life. God's going to use you mightily because that's God's will for your life. The way Jesus loved is the only way to make a difference in our world. I'll keep saying it. The love of God is agape love. Divine love is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. It requires continual dependence upon the Holy Ghost. When we love in our feelings, in our emotions, that's not real love. That's not the love that God is calling us to demonstrate. Your feelings and your emotions and your experience and how you've been treated, that's not what God is calling us to do in in, in reference to loving like he loves. When we have the Holy Spirit in us, we have 
everything we need to love like God loved. Why? Because God is in us. And so if God is in us, then all we got to do is, is depend on him to work in us. The Bible says that love casts out all fear. And so if God is in me and I'm going to live the way God wants me to live and let love come forth, guess what? I'm not fearful of anything. I don't care about what if they mistreat me? What if they do this to me? Man, you don't understand what happened to me before. Well, if God allow it to happen, he's allowing it to happen because he's got great things in store for me. The worse I've been treated, the greater things God has in store for me. However it goes in life, if you're doing it out of the love of God, God will work in your life. And nothing that happens to you will be for no reason. It will be for the glory of God. So when you love like God loves, you don't have to be fearful. What if they treat me? So what? So what? I told you all this story before. When I was just trying to find my way in Christ, my, my oldest son the other day teased me, but I ain't paying him no mind. He, he, he said in, 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 the, in the 90s when I was living for God, he says, yeah, Brother Wayne was here, but he really wasn't here. He can say whatever he want to say. But guess what? It was because God was working in my life and God had to do what he had to do to get the world out of me. And in order for me to get the world out of me, I had to be totally submitted to God. And so I didn't fear how anybody treated me. I didn't fear what anybody said about me. I didn't fear anything. Why? Because greater is he. I'm not just quoting scripture like everybody want to quote scripture. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I don't care what the devil can do. God is in me. I don't care what people can say. God is in me. And so I'm not worried about what anybody wants to say or do. God is in me. Love is in me. And because love is in me, I am not afraid. Not afraid how anybody's going to treat me. I'm not afraid that I'm going to help somebody and then they're going to turn against me. What do I care about that? That's between them and God. I have come to understand that everything that God used me to do good the person that is a re- the recipient of the goodness that God is working through my life, they have to give an account for that, not me. I did my part, and so if I show you goodness and you just want to, you know, don't care and don't allow it to affect you, that's on you. That's between you and God. Why am I worried about that? There are Christians today that's worried about how people... No, we need to be praying for folks because we see that they're not responding to God's word. Why are you giving them a harder time? When you see them not responding, it means they're in trouble with God. Pray that their heart will be changed, not considered, not talk about them. Oh. They come to church and I don't see no difference in their life. Is that what we're doing? Is that what we're doing? If they come to church all the time and we're not seeing any difference, we need to be on our knees. We need to be fasting and praying, God, if they're not hearing you, please, God, let them hear you. As opposed to saying something negative. That that makes no sense to me. A love that divides and criticizes is not God's love. A love that seeks its own revenge is not the love of God. A love that refuses to initiate reconciliation is not the love of God. A love that says its own, 
that says it won't forgive is not the love of God. A love that worketh no ill to his neighbor is the love of God. Love is patient. Love suffers long. Love refuses to retaliate. That's God's love. Kindness rejects cruelty and seeks constructive ways to improve another person's life. We're supposed to improve, elevate another person's life, not bring it down. We're Christians. We're supposed to love like Jesus loved. Love is unselfish. Love costs something. That's some of the reason why we don't want to love like Jesus loved. Because we don't want it to cost us anything. Love does, does not pursue selfish advantages. I got to say that again. Love does not pursue selfish advantages. Love shares with others and does not seek its own. Love does not use others to get where it wants to go. Love is not irritable or touchy and never loses control of itself. It never responds in anger and doesn't lash out while being reviled. <laughs> Leave that, let that sit out there a little bit. Because we say we love and we lash out. We say we love and we come at each other in anger. We say we love and we get irritable with others. We say we love... And all we care about is how can we get an advantage in a situation. And all of that is completely contrary to the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Love forgives. Love, when wronged, has a short memory. Love, when wronged, has a short memory. It forgets what it forgives. It doesn't keep a record of wrong. Love delights in truth. It had no pleasure in wickedness. Love is the only way we're going to make a difference in our world. Loving the way Jesus loved is the only way we're going to make a difference in our world. It is impossible. Watch this. I'm Going, I'm closing it up right here. Love, it is impossible to win souls with a cold heart and dried eyes. If you don't look out and have love in your heart to the point where you begin to cry for what you see, you ain't loving like Jesus love. Uh-huh. Jesus loves so much that he cries. They are sheep without a shepherd. They're lost. That bring him to tears. And we're supposed to look out. If we have the love of God working in our life, we're supposed to look out. And the neighbor that we have, that we're, we're supposed to be praying for them, and they're not budging, we're supposed to be crying, God, I've been praying for my next door neighbor, and I don't see anything. 
working, but still, God, is there something else I can do for my next door neighbors to get the gospel and go to church and know you and get saved? Is there something else I can do, God? Or we just get up every day, well, that's on them. I got Jesus. I can't worry about them right now. There must be a deep humility of soul with mourning, fasting, with intercession and groanings that cannot be uttered. You know, Sunday showed us something. Uh, Brother Andre's grandmother, she watched our service all the time. And the week before we got on our fast, she texted me and she says, boy, we had a powerful, and she's talking like she's here, right? She said, boy, we had a powerful service this Sunday. That was the Sunday before last. And she texted me and said, boy, we had a powerful service this morning, didn't we? I can't wait to see what God is going to do after our fast. She all the way in Seattle on the West Coast. <laughs> and so here's what. God baptized three people in the name of Jesus Christ. Just take it as this. If we will commit our ways to God, we will see people's life being touched. And so a lot of times why we're not seeing it is because we're not caring about it. Loving the way Jesus loved. Who want to love like Jesus loved? What about it, Sunday school teachers? Do you want to love like Jesus loved? What about it, servants of God? Do you want to love like Jesus loved? What about it, mothers and fathers? Do you want to love like Jesus loved? What about it, children and young people? Do you want to love like Jesus loved? What about it, church? Do you want to love like Jesus loved? Unless someone intercede on our behalf or on the behalf of the lost souls, there are those who will never be saved. Christ's love is the key to the great revival of these last days. All of the great moves and manifestations of the Spirit of God must be born in the spirit of groanings and moanings and travailing for, for souls to be saved, for people's lives to be touched. There's a scripture in Matthew I talk about this. I'll paraphrase it for you as I close this thing up. Did you give me food when I was hungry? Did you give me drink when I was thirsty? Did you give me clothes when mines were raggedy? Did you come to see me when I was sick or when I was in prison or when I was in trouble? Did you pray for me? Did you intercede for me when you saw me wandering far from God? Or did you let me go my own way? When you have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. I am disguised under every type of humanity that treads the face of this earth. And all souls are mine. Every living soul is mine. I love them all. I love them with an everlasting love. When we see people out there that's just homeless or we see people that's wandering away from God or people are in hospitals or in jail or something. If we don't treat them right, Jesus says, it's me that could be disguised as one of them and how you see them and how you treat them will say everything about if you're loving like how I love. 
loving the way Jesus loved is the only way we're going to see a difference in our world. Let's stay. And so, on this day of love, I wanted to tell you about the real love. I wanted you to understand the real love. I want you to see how, I hate to say it this way, but it's what's coming to my mind. I want you to see how fake our world is. And we're so worried about being a part of this fake world. Social media is so fake. Everybody is stunting. Everybody is positioning themselves like they got it going on. And if you ain't got Jesus, you ain't got nothing going on. And if you got Jesus, you ain't stunting about it. If you got Jesus, you ain't bragging and boasting like you got it all going on. So our world is fake. It is misleading. And if we're dying to be a part of that, we are deceived. This world don't know love. Because if they know love, they wouldn't have rejected the word of God. God is love. And so if you want to know love, you have to respond, receive, and, and say yes to the word of God. Because God is his word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. So when you hear God's word, if love is in you, you receive it whether you like it or not with gladness and with joy. If you don't have the love of God working in you, then you reject the word of God. I am not giving up this real thing for nothing fake. I told y'all a long time ago, it might be my personality and I thank God for it. I could never, I, I never, I couldn't do fake things. Forgive me if this y'all, but I, if I was a woman, no fake pocketbook. No, I, because I just feel like if I start going fake in one area, I'm going to go fake in another area. How you do anything is how you do everything. I've been saying that a lot lately, and you better hear that. How you do anything is how you do everything. You ready for this one? If you want to be cheap, how you do anything is how you do everything. If I want something very good, I'm not cheaping it out. I will take my time and save all the money I need to save and get my nice good thing as opposed to getting a whole bunch of fake things. This is why I love this so much. I found the real thing. I found the real thing. I found the real thing. And I'm passionate about the real thing. I'm gung-ho about the real thing. I'm going crazy about the real thing. I found the real thing. There is nothing realer than the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. And so when he tells us he is love, oh, my Lord, I know what real love is and not what everybody's telling me about love. A lot of people tell a lot of people things tonight. And most of what they're telling them is for them to get an advantage. Everybody is trying to get an advantage. The woman probably smiling and looking, you know how she needs to look, to get an advantage. And he is spending some big money to get an advantage. Ain't no love in it. Everybody trying to get their own way. Month from now, six months from now, ain't nothing going on because it was never no love. 
It was people trying to get an advantage because the only love that exists is agape love, is the love of Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. He is love. That's love. All this other stuff that we call in love, garbage. Garbage. I hope you all heard me tonight. Let's just go before the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for your word, almighty God. It is sure. It is sure. It is sure, Lord God. This word is sure. It is truth, Lord God. And oh my God, I am so glad that you have revealed truth to us. I am so glad you have revealed yourself. You are love and you have revealed yourself to us, Lord God. Oh, what a privilege we have to have received the revelation of you, Lord God, the revelation of love. And Lord, we understand it. And Lord, we want to live it. We want to be like you, Jesus. And to be like you, we must love the way you love. To be like you, Lord God, we're going to have to love our world. Oh God, the way it needs to be love. Love within our church, the way we're supposed to love. Love our friends and our families the way we're supposed to love. Oh God, we want to love as you love. Unconditional, sacrificial, and without Almighty God being extinguished, that nothing can extinguish this love. Oh God, I pray that the word that went into our hearing tonight will challenge us, will resonate, will take root in our heart and grow and produce good fruit. Father, as we go from this place tonight, Almighty God, let us, Lord God, walk in love. Let us, Almighty God, demonstrate love. For God is love. And they that know God knoweth love. Oh God, we want to love like you love. Our world needs us to love like you love. Our cities need us to love like you love. Our towns need us to love the way you love. On our jobs, in our schools, wherever we go, Lord, we want to demonstrate. We want to manifest the love of Jesus Christ. For it is the only love that will make a difference. It is the only love that will change lives. It is the only love that is true and pure. Oh, Father, we thank you tonight for allowing us to be in the house of the Lord. As we go from this place, Lord God, keep us in your love. Keep your hands upon us. Guide us and lead us tonight, Lord God. Order our steps according to your purpose and your will, Lord God. Lord, bless our online congregation that have heard the word tonight. Bless them, Lord. Let them be strengthened by your word, Almighty God. And for every person that will hear this message tonight on love, I pray Father, that it will do something in their heart. It will do something in their 
their soul, in their spirit, where their life will never be the same, that they will come to know truth, Almighty God. Oh, Lord, have your way as we give you the praise and the honor tonight. There is none like you, Jesus. We give you all the praise. We give you all the honor. For there is none, there is none that compares. You are the only wise God. You are the only true and living God. And we worship you. We praise you. And we bless your holy name. Oh, God, we thank you tonight for all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. God bless you. God bless you. Have a great rest of your night.